0: Thank you for joining us for another episode of A Way to Heal Utah. I'm your host Dave Mika. This is going to be a fun podcast. We've got a new topic that we've never discussed before. First, let me welcome our guests. We have Laura Holtrop Cole from the Heal Program at the Utah Department of Health. Laura, thanks for being here today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And a new guest that we've never had on the podcast before, Adam Kreisel. And Adam, you are the chef at Wasteless Solutions, and this is what we want to talk about today. First off, thanks for being here, Adam.
2: Thanks for having me. Good morning.
0: Just tell us about what Wasteless Solutions is.
2: Uh, ostensibly, it's a food rescue program. And, and when I say food rescue, 40% of the prepared and cultivated food in this country gets thrown in the trash. Literally. Oh. Which is... A staggering number, if if yeah, yeah, the the woe is is an appropriate response. <laughs> given that fact, and given the fact that there's so much hunger and food insecurity in this country, uh, it seems pretty silly that we throw away literally into the landfill 40 of the of the edible food that we have. No kidding. Just just because we don't care enough to utilize it or to figure out how to utilize it. So the goal of waste less solutions is at root to take that food that is otherwise going to be chucked and uh, guide it uh, through any number of means to places where it can be otherwise utilized because the reason it's being thrown away is not that there's no efficacy to it or that it's bad. It's that somebody, doesn't care enough, or we haven't figured out enough how to get it to the places and the mouths that need it most. And it's basically carelessness on on our behalf. And when I say our, I mean all of our sort of American society, American culture.
0: That's just and- easier to throw it away than make the effort to do something with it
2: exactly and that could be any number of things right it could be getting it to a biodigester to turn it into biofuel it could be getting it to food pantries and food banks and shelters and other places that need food and and you can provide it to them at little or no cost there's any number of ways you can rechannel those rescued goods Uh, but all of them, regardless of the ultimate placement or home for them, seem ultimately extremely underutilized if they're just getting thrown in the trash.
1: Yeah, and to add to that, Dave, our food waste, I'll put some numbers on it. Um, Our food waste wastes so much water. Wasting one pound of bananas, so one pound of bananas going into landfill, is the equivalent of a 42-minute shower Um, and a pound of beef is, let me see, 370 minute shower. <laughs> so that's yeah. like a month's worth of showers for an individual. So it's not good for the environment. Um, and then it's where
0: we're desperate for water. That really speaks to Utah.
1: Exactly. Sure. Yep. Yeah. And 11% of Utah's are food insecure. And so we have all this food. It's just a matter of redistributing it.
0: And so that's what Wasteless Solutions is all about, is making sure this food doesn't get tossed out and wasted to find other avenues and channels to make use of it in some way or another. It's interesting. I would think that, Adam, you you mentioned the bio, make biofuel out of it. That's crazy. And that wouldn't even cross my mind. I'm thinking, okay, well, how do we get this to people who are hungry? But there's tons Mm -hmm. of
2: uses for it. Well, and and the fact is, I mean, one of the single largest contributors to greenhouse gas emissions is rotting food in our landfills across this country, right? So we're doing ourselves double and triple harm by throwing away this food. We have people that are food insecure and don't have food to eat, and yet we're taking food that is perfectly good to eat or to fabricate and throwing it away. And on top of it, in the process of throwing it away, we're actually creating a complete environmental catastrophe for ourselves in the process. So we've underutilized it on one end, and then we've turned it into an actual thriving negative
1: <laughs> as, a second,
2: as a secondary output. It's, it's, I mean, that's it, insane, right? Yeah,
0: that makes zero sense. So, so what you guys are doing sounds fantastic. So tell me how you function. What is it that you're doing to help remedy the situation?
1: So there's what's called a food recovery hierarchy, And so we try to stay at the top of that hierarchy to be most effective. And so the the first thing is source reduction. So preventing that food from being wasted at all. So maybe that can be in your household or within like restaurant settings where you're not overbuying and you're being really thoughtful about how you use food. And so Wasteless Solutions is trying to help educate and help people understand how they can do that. And then second down from the hierarchy is feed hungry people with that food. And so that's where Wasteless Solutions coordinates the rescuing of that food from organizations that have excess food. So maybe it's a catering event that has a lot of extra food and they can coordinate volunteers to pick up that food and bring it to receiving (laughs) organization like a YMCA or a Boys and Girls Club or a food pantry where they can redistribute the food.
0: That's really great. I mean, that's fantastic. So how much do we know? Maybe this isn't something you know, but do we know what percentage of the wasted food is coming from commercial organizations like restaurants versus what's happening in the home?
1: That's a really good question, Dave. I don't know that. So Wasteless Solutions, all of their food rescues come from organizations at the organizational level, not at the individual household level, but there is significant waste in both. Um, both places. And think
0: of all of those, you know, whether it's commercial or just, you know, I mean, hospitals, schools, mm-hmm. restaurants, how many places are handling food, there has to be just these massive amounts of overproduction or overprepared food that just gets tossed and how much of this you guys could take and do good with I mean, that's incredible to think about this.
2: Some of it is over prepared food, Dave, but the part that's the hardest part, and this, listen, if you run a business based on food production, preparation, and retail or wholesale, wholesale sales, you in theory have a pretty good handle on your based to a certain extent from the production side, because you're trying to pinch your pennies, right? I mean, any food service business is a crazy business to be in anyways, because your good is so perishable. And because you're throwing away money every time you throw away prepared food. Right. So to that extent, I think, yes, there is overpurchasing in those instances. And yes, there's overpreparation, especially in restaurants where you have less a la carte service and food services where you have less a la carte service. But there's a couple couple of huge contributors. In terms of the educational component of it, teaching people, getting them to understand why and how not to waste food in their homes is a huge one because as a consumptive society, especially in the United States, we overbuy, right? We shop at big box stores. We shop at places like Costco because it's quote unquote, a great deal. And we see this pricing for the food cost, And we already have such a low food cost in this country, generally speaking, anyways, in certain ways, because of the way farming subsidies work and what we do to keep prices low and kind of kill the people economically that are producing the food on the front end, the farmers and the fabricators and whatnot. So you have people in the home that are overbuying because they feel like they need to get a deal and then they don't know how to utilize it or they don't feel like they need to utilize it and throwing it away there. But the other component of it is that the retailers themselves, the grocery stores and other entities, they feel like they need to present a visual, right? Sure. So they can't they can't have a pepper that is misshapen or they can't have a, a piece of fruit that has a bruise. All of that stuff, the volume of that food that is not even making it to shelves or is making it to shelves and then getting removed because it has an arbitrary expiration date written on it that is not an actual expiration date. It's a best by yeah. theoretical date, but it far exceeds the actual date on the on the right. package or whatever it is, that's where the food waste gets crazy. When we can go to a place like Restaurant Depot that is open to both the public and to resale entities like me, and they say, oh, yeah, well, we'll have one to 15 pallets of food for you this week. And you you go, what? What did you just say? 15 pallets of food that you're not going to sell? that are just going to go nowhere and it's like written into their business model. That's insane.
0: Yeah. And not only that, but that's one thing that if that's the case, then we're keeping food prices on everything else artificially high. Cause they still need to make a profit when they're giving away 15 pallets of food.
2: It's nuts. There was a point at which when we were doing this food fabrication one night, we got five whole, Cryovac vacuum sealed New York steaks. This is like a 12 to 20 pound, fully ready to butcher and portion New York primal cut of beef. That was going to go in the trash because the cardboard case in which it had come originally from its distributor was broken on the side. And as a result, they didn't want to or couldn't sell it as a whole case. And it's not built into their business structure to sell the fully finished primal cut that is completely vacuum sealed and ready to go and has total food efficacy. They couldn't sell it as a single piece. And so these five New Yorks, literally like 80 pounds of beef was going to go in the trash. I mean, it is mind boggling. I
0: think we've really established this challenge and this problem well. This is crazy that this is happening, and it's such an opportunity to help other organizations and make better use of this food. I think that a lot of this starts at home. You were talking about folks who shop at the big box stores, you know, Costco or wherever. And to be clear, there's nothing wrong with buying in bulk if you get a better deal on it. The trick is knowing how to use it so you don't waste okay. it, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so- exactly. And Laura, are you guys doing an educational component as part of the organization?
1: Yes, that's a huge part. So that's one of our our three, I guess we could say pillars of Wasteless Solutions, but because it does start in your home. And sometimes these problems are so big that it feels a little bit like, what what can I do? And there's a lot you can do. So like Adam mentioned, you can understand those dates that come on food. For example, they're not expiration dates. You can use your other senses to really see if the food is still good to eat. Like if it smells funny or it looks funny or it's slimy, that means you shouldn't eat it. But if it's just past the date, that's purely a date about quality. And it this. has nothing to do with safety.
0: I just wish I could convince my family of this.
1: <laughs> it is pretty ingrained in our culture. It I know. Really so we're trying to get the word out that that is not about safety. Uh-huh. It and really so is. And it really is a cultural change. I think so much uh, as a dietitian, I, I get people who say, well, fruits and vegetables, they just go bad so quickly. And that's sort of true. But for a lot of them, we have a week or sometimes more where they're still good to eat. It's just a matter of getting it in your regular daily habits and meal planning to use it.
0: Right. And sometimes if you've got uh, a fruit or a vegetable that maybe doesn't look out appealing just to eat by itself. You can use it in cooking, right? Um, usually if we have a bunch of bananas, it starts to go bad. My wife or my daughter will make banana bread out of it. Yep. There's always okay. a use for it. You know, even yeah. if that banana is looking a little sad, let's do something else with it.
1: Yeah. And there's Wasteless Solutions. Social media has great tips on what to do at the household level to avoid throwing the food away, but to give it kind of a second life. So on Instagram or Facebook, look up Wasteless Solutions.
0: I love this. And in the show notes, we'll provide that information. So if I am an organization, we've got the home, but if I'm an organization and I'm in a situation where it's in a grocery store, restaurant or whatever, and I've got this extra food, how can I contact and work with Wasteless Solutions to make use of that food?
1: Probably the easiest way is go to our website. And I'm saying I, because I'm on the board of Wasteless Solutions. <laughs> Probably should have mentioned that earlier, but wastelesssolutions dot org, and you'll be able to find out how to contact and become a donor.
0: I love this. <laughs> I love what you guys are doing. This is fantastic, Adam. You're doing great work, and Laura, this is such a service to the community in every way. There's no downside to this. We should not be throwing away food ever.
2: That's very well stated, Dave. In that you're right. There is no downside to it. Like literally zero, and there's about 98 upsides.
0: Yeah. So I mean, why aren't we doing this? This makes just total sense. And it can help out so many people in so many different ways, rather than making expensive fertilizer.
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's a neat thing about Wasteless is that we really do make it easy for donors and receivers. Like we do all the legwork. So it's just a matter of communication beyond that. So
0: are you guys a Utah based organization? And if so, where are you now? And, and what what's the plans for expanding down the road? I assume there's plans to expand. Big time.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we're Utah based. We do use an app that's a national app, as in like a phone app to coordinate all this. But yeah, right now we have donors and recipients in Salt Lake County, Utah County, and then up in Ogden And then Adam is very much involved as a chef in some of the future directions that we're going in. I don't know if you want to talk about the prepared food really quickly, Adam.
2: Sure. So, you know, part of the goal here, obviously, the goal in general is to get this food into, ideally, uh, the biofuel is a secondary Component, right? Ideally, we want to get this food, if it has efficacy to it, in the mouths and stomachs of people that need it or are food insecure. Yeah. And one of, one of the issues with trying to redirect, in particular, non processed foods, fresh foods, is that the people that need it most, the people who are most food insecure, oftentimes don't have either the skill set or the knowledge or frankly, the time to even take food, even if it's given to them, that's fresh and then prepare it and figure out how to store it and hold it from there, or even have the time to, to turn it into something. So in my world, I say to myself, all right, well, I'm a skilled set of hands. And why don't I take this rescued food and turn it into something that doesn't then need to be turned into something else, right? It is the component of, or it is the full meal for something prepared now that can go to you. So where this goes ultimately is that if we're rescuing this food and we want to turn it around, but in turning it around, we don't want to redistribute it as a raw product. We need a space and a hub in which we can take it, receive it, figure it out, process it, and then fabricate it and turn it into something that's a more usable, consumable good for the people that we're trying to get it to, and then give it to them. That requires us to make that, to to build that facility. And that's our end goal right now is to have a food hub where we can be redistributing some of that fresh product and turning it around and sending it to places where it can be prepared or is needed, but also taking the rest of it and turning it into directly consumable prepared goods that we can redistribute directly from that food hub and go straight into people's mouths to actually eat.
0: So one way we can help is if we have the extra food as an organization, we can give it to you. But if I am just a guy on the street and I think this is great, what can I do to help?
2: At root, you can help rescue the food. So the way the app works is there are the organizations that need food rescued, the entities that need food rescued, make themselves known, make their food quantities and the date on which they need to be picked up available and made aware on the app. And people then sign up on the app. They're alerted to the fact that, oh, a food rescue is happening at this organization as of this moment. And then they sign up to be the intermediary and get that food from place A to place B, because that's the hardest part.
1: And these are scheduled events. So it's it's really like, hey, I'm free on Mondays at four o'clock. I can every Monday at four o'clock or, or maybe just this Monday at four o'clock, I'll go to this restaurant Pick up their food that they have, put it in the back of my car. I'll drive one or two miles, drop it off, and then I've rescued that food.
0: That's great. So, this is not something I'm sure if somebody's got a lot of extra cash and they want to donate it, that's probably okay. But
1: that's it, always okay.
0: Yes. <laughs> and you guys are a 501c3, so this is the tax deductible thing. You know, you're, that's right. you're, you're getting a benefit there as well. But Even if you don't have a lot of extra cash laying around, you can still help. You can just go in and and do legwork and help out that way. Absolutely.
2: And we're also building a team, Dave, of people that we can pull from to fabricate that food when we're into the food fabrication programs fully, because I can't fabricate that much food on my own. I'm quick and I'm efficient, but I'm not that quick and efficient. You're one guy. And I need other hands and I can teach people how to do that with us while we're in process. I've already done it. So that's a, that's a huge component of, it, or a huge uh, burgeoning and forthcoming component of it as well.
1: Yeah. If you like to be in the kitchen, you can help there. And what Adam means by fabricating food, he means cooking. He means making really delicious meals (laughs) that he comes up with, with some crazy ingredients.
0: Okay. So anybody listening to this, What's the best way that they can reach out to you guys and get in touch and help out?
1: The best way is go to wastelessolutions.org. That'll give them all the information on how to become a volunteer in any way. And so what it entails is really getting the app on your phone. It's a free app, Food Rescue US, but it's simple. It's easy. There's plenty of explanatory materials on the website. And if you have trouble, you can always message someone.
0: All right. So it's really straightforward. Well, Laura, thanks for being here, Adam. It was great meeting you. And so glad to have you here. This information is fantastic. We will put that URL in the show notes so people can easily look you guys up and uh, hopefully find out a way to help. Thank you for being here, both of you. Thanks
2: for having us,
1: Dave. Thanks for having us, Dave.
0: This has been great. And hopefully your organization will expand. We wish you nothing but good luck and hope everybody just jumps in and helps. This is just something that's going to help everybody. So thanks for being here. And thanks for joining us for this episode of Way to Heal Utah. We'll see you next time.